get the unmissable news stories of the day. This is the Beijing Hour. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host. Shane Begum with you on this Thursday, February the 8th, 2024. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, coming to you live from the Chinese capital. On today's program, Chinese travelers are setting new records amid this year's Spring Festival travel rush. Hopes for a ceasefire in Gaza remain alive, as Egyptian sources hint at efforts for a new round of negotiations. The emerging technologies are driving a new round of agricultural innovation in rural Zhejiang province. In business, consumer prices in China dipped slightly in January. In sports, Qatar has a chance to defend its Asian Cup title. In culture and entertainment, CMG's fifth rehearsal for the Spring Festival Gala. Now the day's top stories. The year of the loon, or the Chinese dragon, is just around the corner, and hundreds of millions are on the move, crisscrossing China to reach their hometowns or simply to go on holidays. The country's railway system logged a record of over 13 million passenger trips on Wednesday. Air transport also witnessed a travel peak with nearly 1.9 million passenger trips. The Spring Festival Travel Rush, or Chunyun in Chinese, is the country's busiest travel season. During the 40-day period, people are expected to make a whopping 9 billion trips across the country. Meanwhile, China's downgraded the emergency response for snowfall and freezing weather to the least severe level in the central provinces of Hubei and Hunan. Weather authorities are expecting calmer weather conditions ahead for the Chinese New Year holiday. Deputy Director Zheng Hongde from the National Meteorological Center explains. For the upcoming Spring Festival holiday, temperatures in most parts of the country will first rise and then fall. There will be no widespread low temperatures, rain, snow, ice, or persistent hazy weather disasters. In the first few days of the Chinese New Year holiday, most parts of the country will be sunny or cloudy, with temperatures rising. In the latter half of the holiday, there will be a cold front, bringing a drop in temperatures and some precipitation in the form of rain or snow. Now, was Chang Hengdo with the National Weather service. For a better sense of the rush uh, season ahead of the Chinese uh, New Year, we're joined by Gao Ang at the Beijing South Railway Station. There are a lot of passengers rushing to check in and bringing the special purchases for the Spring Festival back home. And then officials here told me that they've seen almost 2 million passenger trips since the travel rush begins. And they've done a lot to ensure the passengers can travel smoothly here at the station. For example, they've opened additional express entrances for those passengers whose train uh, will start leave in uh, within 20 minutes. And then uh, this year, the Spring Festival starts from January the 26th until March the 15th. And official data shows that a record 9 billion passenger trips will be expected during the 40-day period. And today is also very close to the Spring Festival. And as for celebrations this year, there are a lot of temple fairs will be returning after the COVID restrictions. And for me, as a kid, I went to the Ditan Temple Fair a lot. And this year, Ditan Temple Fair will have a lot of folk arts, uh, traditional cultural performances, and also uh, the intangible cultural heritage 
demonstration uh, at the Temple Fair, and also uh, at the Longtan and Changdian Temple Fairs, people are will be able to enjoy the traditional snacks and also the ice and snow sports. So, besides Temple Fairs, as the year of Long is approaching, uh, the Dragon Dance also can be seen at a lot of uh, cultural landmarks here in Beijing, and then, uh, there are many of the tourist sites. They will also offer uh, the lessons and lectures about the culture and have a lot of、uh, festive celebrations. And during nights, people can also enjoy the lantern hanging up、uh, at a lot of、uh, cultural landmarks here in Beijing. And besides this, many people will go to the temple to pray for the best luck for the new year. And then at the, the, the dinner table in northern China,、uh, dumplings and also many traditional snacks can also cannot be missed. Now, as Gao Ang sharing her observations at one of Beijing's busiest transport hubs. Now, turning to the southern city of Guangzhou, a major gateway in the Greater Bay Area. Here's Cao Chufeng at Guangzhou Baiyun International Airport. Well, I'm right now at Bai,、uh, Guangzhou Baiyun International Airport. It is one of the three major gateway hub airports in China. Now, stepping in, you can obviously feel, feel that the Chinese New Year is approaching. Now, the Spring Festival travel rush started on 26 of. January. As of this Wednesday, the whole Guangdong province recorded、uh, more than 429 million passenger trips, and that's a year-on-year increase of more than 35 percent. Now, to ensure a safe and smooth travel rush period, Baiyun International Airport is working together with security authorities to strengthen patrol, and also it has introduced a reservation service for. People in wheelchairs. We are seeing more people coming from Hong Kong and Macau Special Administrative Region to Guangdong Province to do their New Year's shopping. First of all, the price is cheaper here, and second,、um, the quality is still good. That was Cao Chufeng reporting. Southwestern province of Yunnan is known for its rugged terrain and dense forests. A recently inaugurated railway has significantly facilitated the movement of people and goods in the region. A young Jinghao takes a look at how it's faring during this rush period. It's peak season for travel as the most important festival for Chinese people draws near. This train bound for Shangri-La in Yunnan province. Has been bustling with passengers since late January. Shangri-La is the capital city of Dijing, Tibetan Autonomous Prefecture. The region didn't have a railway until just two months ago, and it had just welcomed its maiden Spring Festival travel rush. For those starting or working away from home, the railway is making their journey back easier. Like college student Dorji. This is my first time riding. This is my first time to go back home by train, and I'm very excited. The railway's opening has significantly facilitated our ability to travel. I can't wait to celebrate the festival with my family. Dijing is a popular destination for tourists, boasting a unique natural landscape and ethnic cultures. Travelers from different parts of the country are also joining the journey. Because this high-speed train is just opened last year. Now the high-speed train is available. We plan to appreciate the famous Meili Snow Mountain again. Actually, we visited the region years ago, and it was challenging to drive there. The new railway has made travel much more accessible. 
We'll spend the New Year holiday in Shangri-La. It will be a fresh experience. We want to experience how local Tibetans celebrate the festival in their unique way. While increasing the number of trains in response to growing demand, the railway department has also prepared to better serve passengers. This route traverses high-altitude areas such as Lijiang and Shangri-La. In response to this, we've prepared medication for high-altitude sickness as well as four oxygen bags, which will be provided to passengers free of charge when you feel unwell during the journey. Many view the railroad as a symbol of hope and possibility. I hope the railway brings in more people in the new year, including business people and the tourists, so our economy will receive a boost. In a word, I wish for my hometown to thrive, especially the tourism industry. It's a New Year wish shared by many other locals, as the Spring Festival serves as a reminder of a nation better connected than ever. That was Yang Jinghao in Yunnan province. It's not only people here in China in a festive mood ahead of the big holiday. In Washington, the Chinese embassy has already staged celebrations to share the joy with the local population. Benny Lee takes a closer look. What better way to welcome the Year of the Long? The Chinese embassy in the U.S. prepared a movable feast to whet appetites for the celebrations to come. As China's most important festival, rich in traditions, the event shared Chinese culture with hundreds of guests who indulged in calligraphy, paper cutting, and savored exquisite Chinese delicacies. The Chinese ambassador Xie Feng joined the gala, extending his heartfelt New Year wishes to all. To the stabilizing and improving Sino-U.S. relations, to the descendants of the dragon marching forward with bright prospects, to happiness, health, and peace. The latest Spring Festival customs include watching the New Year's gala called Chunwan, the most watched TV program in the world. Last year's show attracted 11 billion views across all channels. Performing live, a spectacle you might see on Chunwan, Traditional Chinese opera with its exotic costumes, masks, and headgear, blending dance, music, and ancient Chinese stories. The featured performers, the Sichuan Opera Theater of Chengdu, dazzled the audience, ensuring this cultural tradition was also celebrated in style here in the U.S. I'm a fourth-generation Marylander whose great-grandfather came from China in the late 1800s. And celebrating Chinese New Year's has always been one of the most um, important family traditions. We as a diaspora are sharing our culture and our heritage with others. I think it's important to embrace like all culture, and I think it would be really helpful for everyone. Uh, it's a good way to build communities, like embracing others and, like, and seeing how other people celebrate. A prelude to global festivities for the Year of the Long, the Chinese zodiac sign that symbolizes prosperity, power, and good luck. That was Baini Li at the Chinese embassy in Washington. Coming up, Egypt hints at a new round of talks to halt the fighting in Gaza.
祝大家龙年大吉 ，Happy Year of the Long. For the year of the Chinese dragon, I wish you a new year filled with the strength and vitality of dragons and tigers. It's Yu Xuan from Roundtable. This is Niu Honglin from Roundtable and Takeaway Chinese. This is Zhou Fang with the Beijing Hour. I wish you 龙马精神，事业有成。May you have the energy and vitality of a dragon horse. Paving the way for a prosperous and successful journey ahead. May you soar to new heights and achieve great success in your career. May your journey be guided by the profound wisdom embodied by the majestic creature of the Long. 祝大家龙腾虎跃迎新春，锐气迎门福满庭。祝你生龙活虎，恭喜发财。Twelve minutes past the hour. A hopes for a truce to halt over four months of fighting in Gaza remain alive. An Egyptian source says preparations for a new round of ceasefire negotiations are underway in Cairo.、Uh, this comes after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu rejected an earlier truce proposal. Meantime, Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas has discussed Palestinian statehood and the situation in the Gaza Strip with the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in the West Bank. Elena Bekatoros has more for. Jerusalem. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has rejected a Hamas ceasefire proposal. Now, this was a phased withdrawal that would have occurred over around four and a half months. It would have seen the release of the remaining roughly 100 hostages still being held by Hamas in Gaza, in return for the release of Palestinian prisoners who are being held in Israeli jails. It would also have seen the Return of Palestinian civilians to the northern part of Gaza and the withdrawal of Israeli troops. Now, the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said this is not acceptable. He has said that victory for Israeli defence forces is within reach, within months and not years, and he insists that Israeli troops must defeat Hamas, which is the military, org- the militant organisation which raided. The parts of Israel on October the 7th and cost roughly 1,200 mainly civilian lives and、uh, took many hostages into Gaza. Now it's unclear if this means that this is、uh, an end to the negotiations or simply another step in a very difficult negotiating process. The U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is in Israel. He, this is part of his fifth trip to the region. And he has—he is still continuing to try to broker a ceasefire deal along with Qatar and Egypt. Now, on the ground in Gaza, there has been intense fighting still, and there is intense military operations in the south of the Gaza Strip, concentrating on the town of Rafah. This is a town on the border with Egypt, and it is where more than half of the population of the Gaza Strip. Is now concentrated. The humanitarian situation is increasingly dire. The, Uni- the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has expressed severe concerns about the humanitarian concern about the humanitarian situation there. There are many people still living in tents. It is cold. It is wet,、uh, and there's also the added complication of this being on the border with Egypt.、And、that was Elena Bekatoros reporting. Pakistanis have voted in a national election. This comes as the South Asian nation grapples with an economic crisis and rising militant attacks. Mobile phone services were suspended after two blasts on Wednesday, and people are hoping that new leadership can prioritize economic recovery. Daniel Khan has more from Islamabad. 
Despite uh, promises, mobile signals have been blocked uh, by government authorities that have further complicated uh, the voting uh, process for uh, citizens. Observers fear that uh, these actions may contribute to what could be one of uh, Pakistan's most uh, controversial and uh, potentially rigged elections to date. And uh, the twin blasts have also had an impact on uh, this uh, electoral process. Uh, the current political landscape is uh, dominated uh, by two parties, the Pakistan People's Party and the Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz, while the most uh, popular party led by Imran Khan finds itself in a challenging uh, situation. Uh, the PTI has uh, faced several roadblocks and obstacles in the run-up to elections as uh, its candidates have been reportedly encountering restrictions on holding public gatherings and alleged harassment uh, by state authorities. Now, Imran Khan, the leader of the Pakistan Tariqe and Saf, is currently in custody uh, with his party's uh, famous electoral symbol which is the bat uh, it was taken away uh, by authorities and the election commission but uh, despite these uh, setbacks Imran Khan remains a highly favored leader throughout uh, Pakistan people are expecting and uh, they're hoping for a miracle but beyond uh, the political uh, turmoil the concerns for citizens is the economy and rising inflation and the people say that regardless of the outcome they hope for the incoming uh, leadership to prioritize the economic recovery of Pakistan. That was Daniel Khan reporting from Islamabad. UN agencies are seeking $4.1 billion to aid civilians facing hardship in Sudan. The funds will assist millions grappling with severe hunger and those who fled to neighboring countries. Martin Griffiths is the head of humanitarian affairs and emergency relief coordinator. He says the world needs to pay attention to the suffering in places like Sudan, Congo, Afghanistan and Myanmar. It is a graphic difference from Sudan, isn't it? So in Gaza, we have intense efforts by the international community. Secretary Blinken is there on his, what is it, sixth or seventh visit. Qatar is playing an extraordinary role uh, of mediation. Um, it, Gaza has at least got attention, and with attention, it has international efforts to get to a peace process. So it provides us with a clear contrast, a clear distinction with Sudan. It also says representatives from both military factions could help to distribute supplies to those in need. We need them to come together to get moved. We need them to come together to remind them that they made those declarations, which were very, very clear. And if we could get that access, we could, I think, with UNHCR and others in the lead, we could perform um, some humanitarian miracles because of the courage and the presence and the relentless efforts of the frontline deliverers, the Sudanese, the NGOs. United Nations uh, reports that the year-long war in Sudan's resulted in the loss of at least 12,000 lives due to clashes between the rival generals. Half of Sudan's population is in need of support and protection. Coming up, new technology is driving change in rural Zhejiang's agricultural sector. Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought-provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platforms and get ready to dive in. 
19 minutes past the hour. Over the years, China's made consistent efforts to make the wider rural areas an ideal place for life and work. Earlier, the country unveiled its number one central document for 2024, outlining the main priorities to promote rural revitalization. The eastern province of Zhejiang has taken a lead on this front. Increasingly, the province is enlisting the services of digital tools in the agricultural sector. Zheng Tao has more. By simply scrolling on screens, fishermen in a small village in Huzhou can easily access important information about their fish ponds, like water quality, oxygen level, and the quantity of fish. Moreover, orders from buyers or cooperation intentions from partners can be digitalized and visualized in an information system. Leading the trend of modern fish in the region is Shenjie, a PhD born in the 1980s. Shen is a pioneering expert in the Internet of Things and has made many leading achievements both nationally and internationally in the sector. In 2016, after his involvement in establishing China's international standards for the Internet of Things, Shen returned it to his hometown in Huzhou. The work of these emerging digital technologies and industrial entities is actually quite challenging. I think we need to take a vertical approach, where we deeply integrate technologies and entities together. By doing so, we can create new business models or even hold new industries. Fishing is a hard job and relies heavily on individual skills. But new technologies like big data can significantly reduce the reliance on skills. Shen says he hopes to make use of his knowledge to revitalize rural areas. The system can increase resource efficiency by 10 times. It can reduce waste water pollution and improve water quality through macro-management, resulting in better-tasting fish. Most importantly, it can provide farming services for inexperienced villagers. But it has been a bumpy journey for the young professor. Shen not only has to convince investors because of the low rate of return in the agricultural industry, but also needs to persuade villagers who are used to traditional farming methods. He took his team to the rural front lines to learn the needs of villagers and set up training stations, while providing free services such as installation and instruction. He is now focused on setting up a digital platform that incorporates information such as logistics and marketing which aims to foster the overall development of the fishery industry. The wave of China's fishery revolution is yet to come. We are more and more certain that this form of intelligent fishery will eventually replace the traditional fishery in the future. Meanwhile, villagers from Yuyao in Zhejiang are also reaping the benefits of adopting new technologies. Qin Chenchao is the manager of a local enterprise listed as a pilot cooperative in the province for introducing modern technologies. We have installed advanced equipment in our greenhouse. These smart devices can gather real-time information about the condition of our seedlings. Our main crops are broccoli and beans. Previously, we needed over 200 people to pick the beans. Now all the work is done by machines. Chin says the cooperative has developed its own breeding procedures for seedling by utilizing the information collected by sensors placed in the greenhouses. He says startups still need more financial support during the initial stages in order to establish a strong presence in rural areas. 
for the Beijing Hour. This is Jiang Tao. The Pantanal in the heart of South America is the world's largest tropical wetland. Mostly located in Brazil, the Pantanal boasts the highest concentration of jaguars in in the world.、Uh, but the lingering El Nino has brought frequent fires and prolonged droughts, posing a severe threat to the unique species in America. Reporters、uh, Lei Shengping, Ma Jiayi, and Lei Zhengyue visited the wetland to unveil the living conditions of jaguars. And Lei Shengping has this report from South. Classified as a new endangered animal, the jaguar is the third largest feline after the lion and tiger, and the largest in the Americas. Currently, there are about 117,000 jaguars, with half living in Brazil. They mainly inhabit the Pantanal wetland, which sprawls across Brazil, Paraguay, and Bolivia. But a fire last year destroyed over 30% of their habitats. Even today, drought and water shortages still linger in the Pantanal, where the rainy season usually starts in October, while the wettest season lasts from December until March. The sharp decline in rainfall since October has led to frequent fires. In November alone, over 4,000 fires erupted, burning over 1 million hectares of vegetation, severely impacting the jaguar's habitat. Luis is a speedboat driver. His work is to take tourists on boat tours to see jaguars. With more than twenty years of experience, Luis now finds it increasingly challenging to locate the jaguars. The father of four children is highly concerned about the impacts of frequent droughts and fires. Climate change has made the situation challenging, and we are naturally affected by it. The opportunity to provide boat tour services for tourists may disappear, which means I can no longer work in the tourism industry, making it difficult to support my family. We are concerned about the droughts and lack of rain. But there's little we can do. The restoration of nature is not something that can be achieved overnight. It takes time. Accompanied by Luis, we spent over five hours searching for jaguars in the wetland park, and only spotted one. Luis is not the only one to bear the brunt of the unusual climate pattern in the Pantanal. Animal protection volunteer Lino shares the same concerns. I am deeply concerned about the impact of climate change on the local ecology. We also have a problem with vegetation destruction, much like in the Brazilian Amazon rainforest, where there is extensive vegetation destruction. Fernando is a project coordinator for the Office of the International Animal Rescue Organization, Panthera Brasil. He warns that. The impact of climate change on jaguar protection is huge. The Pantanal wetlands limit human economic activities because they rely on flooding. When the wetlands are flooded, it restricts human livestock and other activities. But if the Pantanal becomes increasingly dry, it poses a serious problem for jaguar conservation. Drought can also lead to fires. The drought has yet to show any signs of easing during a period that used to see heavy rainfall. Little progress has been made in restoring the forest destroyed by the wildfire in December, 
and water level in a major river flowing through the wetland is about 2 meters lower than previous rainy seasons. All of these are challenging the recovery of the local ecological environment and the protection of jaguars. For the Beijing Hour, this is Li Xiangping in Sembaoro. Experts say the number of monarch butterflies at their wintering areas in Mexico dropped by 59% this year to the second lowest level since record-keeping began. Mexico's Commission for National Protected Areas said the bar- uh, butterflies covered an area equivalent to 0.9 hectares, down from 2.2 hectares last year. The butterfly's migration from Canada and the States down to Mexico, then back again, is considered to be a marvel of nature. We're at 28 minutes past the hour. Beijing's down to minus 5 on Thursday evening. Friday will be sunny with the high of 8. Nanchung's at plus 1 this evening, then sunny and 12 degrees. Elsewhere in Asia, Islamabad 7 overnight. Friday's sunny with a high of 19. Vientiane's down to 18, then sunny in 32. Phnom Penh dips to 24 degrees. Uh, tomorrow is sunny in 34. In Africa, Nairobi will see cloudy skies with a high of 28 on Friday. Kampala's 19 overnight, then cloudy in 30. Juba's down to 22, then sunny in 30. 38. Uh, finally, to Oceania, Port Vila is at 25 this evening, then some rainfall and uh, a high of 29. Uh, Pia will have rain on Friday. The high is 30 degrees Celsius. It's time for a short break. So far this hour, uh, Chinese travelers are setting new records amid this year's spring festival travel rush. Hopes for a ceasefire in Gaza remain alive as Egyptian sources hint at efforts for a new round of negotiations. And emerging technologies are driving a new round of agricultural innovation in rural Zhejiang province. Shane Begum with you. Stay with us here on the Beijing Hour. Experience the musical classics of the East. Mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music Talks. Witness the sound of antiquity and modernity. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. An additional company, Deutsche Director of the International Monetary Foundation. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. CGTN Radio. Hear the difference. I love you. 我爱你. This might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you're a rookie, or a sophisticated learner, there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好. Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host. Shane Begum with you on this Thursday. Still to come. In business, consumer prices in China dipped slightly in January. In sports, Qatar has a chance to defend its Asian Cup title. In culture and entertainment, CMG's fifth rehearsal for the annual Spring Festival Gala. To contact us, you can email radio at cgtn.com or follow our X account, formerly Twitter, at CGTN Radio. 
First of all, though, with the day's headline news, here's Wang Zihong. Thank you, Shane. Chinese President Xi Jinping has extended Spring Festival greetings to all Chinese people ahead of the Chinese New Year. Speaking at a reception at the Great Hall of the People in Beijing on Thursday, President Xi greeted Chinese people of all ethnic groups as well as compatriots in Hong Kong, Macau and Taiwan and overseas Chinese. This year's Spring Festival or the Chinese Lunar New Year falls on Saturday. Meantime, Chinese President Xi has spoken to Sp- Russian President Vladimir Putin via phone call ahead of the New Year. Chinese President Xi Jinping says China and Portugal have upheld the idea of mutual respect, openness and inclusiveness over the past four and a half decades. Thursday marks the 45th anniversary of the establishment of bilateral ties. President Xi exchanged congratulations with his Portuguese counterpart Marcelo de Sousa. In the message, the Chinese leader pointed out that the relationship has vividly demonstrated the right way for countries to get along with one another. North Korea says it is scrapping all agreements signed with South Korea on promoting economic cooperation. The state news agency says the country's Supreme People's Assembly also voted to abolish laws governing economic ties with Seoul, including the special law on the operation of the Mount Kumgang tourism project. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yul has called it an extraordinary change, saying it is hard to understand the thinking behind the move. Earlier, the North said it was considering its southern neighbor as an enemy at war. Last year, Pyongyang also cancelled a military pact signed with South Korea in 2018. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and his NATO counterparts have warned Hungary against further delaying Sweden's membership in the military alliance. It's a matter of credibility and obligation that they take the necessary steps uh, to complete the parliamentary process so that NATO can, in fact, welcome Sweden as the 32nd member. We see a path forward for that. Lawmakers from the party of Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban boycotted an emergency session of parliament, where a vote was scheduled to place Sweden's bid to join NATO on the legislative agenda. This adds to an 18-month delay. The ruling party has blocked Sweden's NATO bid since 2022, alleging that Swedish politicians spread lies about Hungary's democracy. Sullivan reiterated that the U.S. is closely monitoring the situation. Of course, we're staying in close consultation with Sweden, who sees a path forward for that. So I'm not going to stand here today and make particular threats or speculations about steps we would take down the road. But of course, uh, our patience on this can't be unlimited either. Uh, So we'll continue to watch it carefully, but hope that there is a constructive resolution to this issue in the very near term. After the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, Sweden, along with Finland, set aside decades of military non-alignment to seek protection under NATO. A volcanic eruption has resumed near the Icelandic town of Grindavik. The location is close to the eruption that started last December. The fissure is three kilometers long, with the lava flowing to the west. There is no immediate threat to Grindavik. Ground staff with Lufthansa have walked off the job at five major German airports, causing the airline to cancel hundreds of flights. The strike was scheduled to talk for 27 hours at Lufthansa's main hubs, including Frankfurt and Munich. Michael Negman is chief human resources officer with Lufthansa. He says the strike is causing inconvenience to customers. 
This early escalation after only two meetings with a 27-hour warning strike, even before we have actually negotiated an offer in our favor, that is bitter, it's bitter for our customers, tens of thousands who are unable to keep appointments, who may not be able to attend a family celebration, who may not be able to go on a long safety holiday. It's bitter for our customers. Lufthansa said tickets could be rebooked free of charge and tickets for German domestic flights could be converted to rail vouchers. More than 400 out of 730 planned departures and arrivals at Munich airport had been cancelled. Hazardous materials crews are cleaning up hundreds of gallons of diesel after train derailment in Loveland, Colorado. Authorities say a locomotive went off the tracks early Wednesday and punctured a fuel tank on the Great Western Railway line. Crews have contained the spilled fuel, adding that the diesel did not reach any water sources. Thank you very much. That was Wang Zihang with Headline News. This is Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital. Coming up in business, consumer prices in China dipped slightly in January. The world is about to change. Warriors, assassins, fair maidens, Court officials and even emperors and heavenly immortals are nothing but pawns on a giant chessboard. Xu Fengnan, a playboy of national notoriety and heir to the empire's second most powerful man, finds himself embroiled in the depths of an unbeatable game. CGTN Radio invites you to immerse in a world brimming with heroism and follow a young man's odyssey in the audio drama series, The Sword Strider Saga. Now available on radio.cgtn.com and all the major podcast platforms. When courage meets wisdom, the sword scribes an immortal legend. 37 past the hour now. Turning to business, and we start with the equity markets. On the Chinese mainland, they close higher on the last trading day ahead of the Lunar New Year holiday. Timothy Pope has more. The Shanghai Composite Index uh, and the Shenzhen component each locked in a gain of about 1.3%. Pretty strong. And uh, once again, pretty much every sector was up, uh, with only financials lagging a little. Investors reacted positively to the, uh, the surprise announcement, really, of a new boss at the China Securities Regulatory Commission, where Wu Qing will replace Yi Hui Man. Uh, Yi had been chairman of the CSRC since uh, early 2019. Uh, he was also the top representative of the Communist Party of China at the regulator and Wu Qing will be replacing him in both of those roles. Uh, in the past, uh, Wu Qing uh, has a history as, as a banker in the banking sector, just like his predecessor. But he's also uh, served as uh, acting deputy mayor of Shanghai, China's financial capital. And perhaps more importantly, uh, he has served as the chairman of the Shanghai Stock Exchange. And uh, it was in that role he seems to have gained a reputation among traders that uh, could fairly be described, I think, as fearsome. He's certainly seen as a tough operator. And that's probably going to be a pretty good fit with uh, quite a lot of what the regulators have promised to do in the last few days. That includes uh, moves designed to pretty much wipe out short selling uh, on the Chinese markets and uh, other efforts too to try and put a floor under stocks which have uh, fallen quite significantly since the start of the year. That was Timothy Pope in Shanghai. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index dropped around 1.3%. In Japan, the Nikkei surged over 2%. 
China's consumer price index edged up 0.3% monthly in January. Uh, The figure marked the second consecutive month of increase, with the growth rate expanding by 0.2 points compared to the previous month. On an annual basis, the CPI went down by 0.8%. The decline is mainly due to the high base of the previous year, caused by the timing discrepancy in Spring Festival. Uh, Meantime, the country's producer price index dropped 2.5% from a year ago in January, following a 2.7% fall in December. The PPI dipped by 0.2% monthly after a 0.3% decline in December. And for more on the latest economic data, Michelle Vandenberg spoke with John Gong, professor at the University of International Business and Economics. What's your interpretation of the latest uh, CPI and PPI numbers? Um, I look at the uh, PPI number probably more than the CPI number. Um, You know, CPI at uh, 0.3% is practically, you know, no inflation in my view, particularly at this time of the year when a lot of people are spending quite a bit of money during the holiday season. Now, the PPI index uh, decreasing by 2.5% indicates that I think in the next few months, uh, there's less of a pressure on the producer side to raise prices. I always even claim that um, um, in the next few months, uh, there will not be much of an uh, inflationary pressure at all. So I think, uh, from a, at least from an inflation point of view, I think we're in good shape here in China. Yeah. And uh, what areas uh, is consumption in China uh, showing strong momentum so far this year? Well, I, I, I can point to two uh, sectors. Uh, one, of course, is the auto industry. You know, it, this is just uh, unbelievable. Uh, both uh, domestic consumption as well as exports is just uh, very strong growth uh, on a year-over-year basis. A second, I would point to the service sector. I think fundamentally, um, you know, Chinese consumers, uh, their consumption behavior is starting to having a structural change in, in my view. I mean, they're probably spending more money on on services, on, on travel, on, you know, good vacations, on, on you know, uh, going abroad, you know, on these type of things. Um, so that the service sector, the entire service sector, in my view, is uh, also doing quite well, relatively speaking, compared to other sectors. That was Professor John Gong on China's latest economic data. In Chengdu, an innovative restaurant is changing the dining experience by incorporating some uh, interactive cultural elements. Uh, Xu Xinchen has details. The Spring Festival officially begins on February the 10th, yet celebrations and festivities already started weeks ago as the retail market here in China continues to grow, business owners are becoming more creative than ever to capture eager Chinese consumers with ever-changing appetites. That includes Southwest China's Chengdu, a city famous for its history and spicy food. This is one of a kind dining experience where dancers perform and patrons sit in the same way Asian Chinese would during celebrations. Performances and dresses are inspired by traditional Chinese culture, mainly from the Han and Tang dynasties, some 2,000 years ago. And the choreography comes from the stories and legends of ancient China, especially Sichuan. I think this is the future direction of dining services. To be honest, I think dining at home is the most comfortable choice. So many people who opt to dine out are looking for more than just food. That includes socially interacting with others and experiencing cultural elements. Consumers love to choose places that offer something more. Diners here also have the option of paying a premium for trying on traditional clothes, taking photos and videos before the banquet starts. 
It feels like the TV show A Dream of Splendor, which centers around a tea house from ancient times. It makes me feel like a character from the show. I want to try it out. Today, I'm able to be here to have a more immersive experience in traditional Chinese culture. For sure, it can help us to gain a deeper understanding of our old culture. The restaurant will open throughout the Spring Festival and will feature a series of performances. Two-thirds of the total 170 seats have already been booked a week ahead of the Chinese New Year's Eve and is expected to attract a full house. That was Xu Xinchen reporting. Shanghai has issued an action plan to further promote high-level opening up in its pilot free trade zone. The plan covers eight areas focusing on measures to expand the opening up of trade and services. The plan also highlights greater efforts to open up the flow of goods and steadily deepen institutional opening up. China's gold reserves increased for the 15th straight month in January. The central bank's gold reserves stood at over 72 million ounces, an increase of 320,000 from December. Market researchers said that the growth in gold holdings helps to optimize the structure of reserve assets and enhances the country's financing capabilities in the international market. Chinese authorities have unveiled the first batch of over 3,200 underdeveloped real estate projects for suitable loans. The newly launched whitelists are to ensure that cash-strapped real estate projects get financial support from banks and obtain funds and development loans. Among the first batch of the whitelist projects, over 80% of the projects are operated by private housing enterprises or mixed ownership housing enterprises. The National Financial Regulator said that commercial banks have begun to work with companies on the list, providing a number of new financing programs and loan extensions. Retail sales of new energy vehicles in China more than doubled in January compared to a year earlier. Over 670,000 new energy vehicles sold in the country last month. However, the figure represented a monthly decline of 29%. Wholesale sales of new energy vehicles rose 77% to 690,000 in January, and retail sales of passenger vehicles came in at around 2 million units. The U.S. Congressional Budget Office predicts that the country's federal deficit will grow significantly over the next 10 years. Caroline Malone has more. The federal budget deficit is likely to go from $1.6 trillion this year to about $2.6 trillion in 2034, according to the Congressional Budget Office. Smaller than previous deficit projections, but it's still significant. Philip Swagel, the director of the CBO, which produces budgets and economic projections to help Congress, said on Wednesday that there are several reasons, including rising interest costs and an aging population, meaning higher federal health costs. The CBO also sees economic growth slowing fractionally this year and increasing again next, after an expected decrease in interest rates from the Federal Reserve. Funding for immigration and border issues are big Congress topics this year, as is the economy. Relatedly, the CBO projects the labor force will grow by 5.2 million people over the next decade, largely due to net immigration. That is likely to boost economic output in the 10-year window. But short-term unemployment may hit 4.4% by the end of this year. That was Caroline Malone reporting. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up in sports, Qatar has a chance to defend its Asian Cup title. 
Sideline Story brings you all things sports related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. 47 past the hour now. Turning to sports, and here's Yang Guang. Thank you, Shane. In football, Qatar is now one game away from back-to-back AFC Asian Cup titles. The host nation upset title favorites Iran 3-2 in a thrilling semi-final. Omois Ali struck an 82nd-minute low shot to settle the deal after a 2-0 stalemate. Qatar will now play Jordan in Saturday's final at Lucille Stadium, where Argentina won the World Cup in 2022. Qatar coach Marquez Lopez says he thanks his players for the narrow win. Yes, I took over a very short while ago, but the one thing that helped in this very short period of time is the fact that I know the players very well, and obviously I'm very happy, because the road was not easy. In fact, quite the contrary. Things were difficult, but the players implemented my instructions, they implemented my philosophy and my ideas on the pitch, so therefore, they deserve my thanks once again. Iran had taken a 1-0 lead with a stunning overhead kick goal by Sadal Asmoun, but their shaky defense gave Qatar chances to make the comeback. Iran coach Adishri Glenoy says he shoulders the blame for the loss. From a tactical point of view, we had a very good performance. This is football. This kind of thing happens. You can see that teams like Saudi Arabia, South Korea, Australia and Japan are all out of this tournament as well. If you are looking for somebody who is responsible for this defeat, that one is me. This is one of the worst days I have ever had in my life. Iran had come close to forcing extra time, but Alireza Jahanbakshi's strike hit the post in the final minute of stoppage time. Lionel Messi putting a 30-minute appearance in Tokyo in Inter-Miami's last exhibition match in Asia after leaving fans disappointed in Hong Kong. Messi came off the bench for the final half-hour against Viso Kobe, energized his teammates and created the best scoring chance with two block um, point-blank shots. Viso won a shootout after a goal is 90 minutes. The Hong Kong government chimed in almost immediately, asking why Messi was able to play in Tokyo and not days before in Hong Kong, where he stayed on the bench for the entire match, citing discomfort with his body. Hong Kong officials say they are equally disappointed as the fans and request an explanation from Inter-Miami and the game organizers. Chelsea has reached the FA Cup last 16-3-1 win at Aston Villa. The Blues arrived at Villa Park having suffered two heavy league defeats against Liverpool and Wolverhampton, but produced great intensity to extend a strong run in cup competitions. First half goals by Conor Gallagher and Nicholas Jackson set a winning turn before an exquisite free kick from Enzo Fernandes. Chelsea has also reached the English, uh, English League Cup final against Liverpool later this month. Spachi and Hala fired host country Cote d'Ivoire into the Africa Cup of Nations final 
with a 1-0 win over Congo. Hala was making his first start of the tournament after recovering from an ankle injury and scored a 65th-minute volley. Cote d'Ivoire has bounced back from its subpar performance in the group stage, where it suffered a 4-0 loss to Equatorial Guinea. They will play against defending champion Nigeria in the final. Nigeria went through with a shootout victory over South Africa after their semi-final ended one all after extra time. China is turning in another dominant diving performance at World Aquatics Championships with two more gold medals. Chen Yiwen and Chang Yani earned another runaway victory capturing the gold in women's synchronized spring board. 22-year-old Chan has now won four synchronized 3-meter world titles. We feel really happy and very thankful to our team, coach and team leader. We will continue to work hard as the competition is not over, but we are happy with this result. Wang Zhongyuan and Xie Siyi finished 1-2 in the men's 3-meter individual competition, but Wang says the victory didn't come easy. I was quite nervous at the start because I made big mistakes in the preliminaries and semifinals. I was afraid of making the same mistakes in the final, so I just focused on myself. I hope I can maintain my form to win consecutively, and I know it will be a tough road, but I will fight hard towards that goal. Meanwhile, Chinese artistic swimmers Wang Liu-yi and Wang Qian-yi ranked the first after the women's duet free preliminaries. In the men's solo free, Giorgio Minicini of Italy added a gold medal to the silver he captured in the solo technical events. And finally, organizers of the 2026 Olympic and Paralympic Winter Games have unveiled their official mascots. The stout siblings Tina and Milo made their first appearance at the San Reno Festival with less than two years to go before the Milano Cortina Games. Tina, a light-coated stout, is the official mascot for the Winter Olympics, while her brown-coated brother Milo is the mascot for the Winter Paralympics. The name stand for the two host cities. All right, thank you very much. That was Yang Guang with sports. Coming up in culture and entertainment, uh, we have uh, CMG's fifth rehearsal for the annual Spring Festival Gala. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour brings you an hour of comprehensive news and information from both China, China, and the rest of the world. Rest of the world. A mix of news, sports, and entertainment. In-depth analysis of the day's big stories, as well as the most comprehensive business of the day. The Beijing Hour. The Beijing Hour. Your very own window to China and the rest of the world. 53 past the hour, turning to culture and entertainment now. The China Media Group has held the final rehearsal of the highly anticipated 2024 Spring Festival Gala. CMG says all shows ranging from music to acrobatics, dances to comedy sketches are set for a live broadcast. It starts at 8 p.m. Beijing time on Friday. The rehearsal previewed more shows, including a cast reunion of hit TV series Blossom Shanghai, a songs performed by ethnic minority artists, and a social media dragon dancing challenge joined by netizens across the globe. Since its inception in 1983, the Spring Festival Galas uh, held the record for the largest audience of any entertainment show show in the world. This year's gala will air from Beijing with four supporting venues in the cities of Shenyang, Changsha, Xi'an, and Kashgar. 
Chinese dragons are taking the spotlight in Spring Festival celebrations. Omar Khan dives into Guangzhou's cultural heart, exploring the rich history of the dragon dance as the Chinese uh, usher in the Year of the Dragon. He had a chance to speak with Jane Law, a dragon dance artist in Guangdong. It's the busiest time of year for lion and dragon dance troops as the Chinese New Year is set to be celebrated. And this year, it's all about the dragon. The mythological animal has long been a symbol of Chinese culture and holds profound meaning dating back thousands of years. Really, during, you know, going to ancient times, you can yeah. see that rain was so important, um, you know, for the land, uh, for the people, for the farmers and everybody. So, it means that we hope that the crops and the whole, you know, weather system will, you know, work with us, you know. So, when we have the dragon dance, it's actually we pray to the gods, you know, in the sky, like, please give us a year that is plentiful, that rain comes when we need it, it's not giving us floods. Yeah. And it's like, so it's like everything, perfect yeah, amount. perfect, yeah, so that's what you hope for. So that's why you can see that the dragon dance movement is so swift. Fluid movements choreographed to communicate different messages to audiences define the dragon dance. But the centerpiece is without question the beast's head, which is usually handmade and designed with auspicious elements. All right, the renowned dragon head. And yes, this mythical creature, it just looks like a basic dragon. But in reality, if you look closer, there are elements of different animals which all have a different meaning. Here you can see for the dragon, for example, it's not one animal. But if you look closely, there are bits and parts of different animals combined into one. So it has like the antlers of the yep. deers, right? And that represents longevity. And then you have the big eyes, they're like tiger eyes, they're very, very alive and energetic. And then you have the big mouth, right, so that creates fortune, and the big long tongue. Okay. Yeah, so you see that all these elements themselves, they're all from different animals that have something good to, like, or it sounds good in Chinese, that's very typical as well. But also you can see the patterns. The patterns are also made by, you know, folklore artists, but with traditional elements. So not just the parts, but also the colors and the patterns, they all symbolize something good. Be it across China or throughout Chinatowns around the world, the Dragon Dance will always remain an iconic representation of Chinese tradition. And over the coming days, the beat of drums and swirling dragon performances will once again captivate audiences both young and old. That was Omar Khan on uh, Dragon Dance in Guangdong Province. An ancient bronze vessel that had been lost overseas 40 years ago finally made its way home to China. Archaeologists in Shanxi Province unearthed that relic in 1978. The vessel dates back to at least a thousand years ago to the late Western Zhou Dynasty. It was stolen six years after it was found. The bronze vessel was classified as a top-grade cultural relic of the state. The National Cultural Heritage Administration traced its appearance in New York last year. The then holder of the relic agreed to unconditionally return the artifact to the Chinese government after learning of the story behind it. Uh, Pre-sales for Spring Festival movies in China surpassed 370 million yuan, or roughly 50 million U.S. dollars. The first day of the Chinese New Year takes the majority of the pre-sales numbers, totaling 320 million yuan. Pegasus 2 and YOLO lead the ticket sales with more than 90 million yuan apiece, ahead of their festival releases. 
58 past the hour, Beijing down to minus 5 on Thursday evening, Friday sunny and a high of 8 degrees. That is, of course, Lunar New Year's Eve. Uh, Nanchang's down to plus 1 overnight. Tomorrow is sunny and 12. Elsewhere in Asia, uh, Islamabad's down to 7 this evening, then Friday has sunshine and 19. Vientiane's d- uh, dipping to 18, then sunny and 32. Phnom Penh is 24 overnight, then sunny and 34. In Africa, Nairobi will see cloudy skies. The high is 28 degrees Celsius on Friday. Kampala's at 19 overnight, then some cloudy skies in 30. Uh, Juba's at 22 this evening. Tomorrow is sunny in 38. That's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news today, Chinese travelers are setting new records amid this year's Spring Festival travel rush. In hopes for a ceasefire in Gaza remain alive as Egyptian sources hint at efforts for a new round of negotiations. On behalf of the staff, Shane Bigham in the Chinese capital, hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together. Takeaway Chinese, where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. Takeaway Chinese, we will promise you a difference. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing. Roundtable. 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 Connecting China and the world. We bring you fun and timely discussions about what's affecting our lives everywhere, every day. Tune in to Roundtable, where the East meets the West, and understanding is the goal. From North to South, East to West, people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. 